The Doctrine and Devotion Southwest Conference is going down Saturday, March 21st at 10 a.m. in Burleson, Texas. This is a one-day micro-conference that you want to attend if you're in the area. For all the information, head on over to DoctrineAndDevotion.com for the details. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, 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 hey. What's going on? What's going on? Nothing. What's going on with you? You know, good day. Uh, Got a lot done. Was able to... uh, Like, like, what'd you get done? Let's start with what you, you know, uh, how, how, how do you define done? Well, uh, the tasks that I put before mm-hmm. myself for the day, I was able to take them all off. Tasks okay. that related to... Like five tasks, like cigar one, cigar two, cigar three, cigar four. You're... Did you get cigar five done? Okay, first of all, don't be ridiculous, okay? Be so ridiculous. you did. No, no, I didn't. That's a lot of cigars. I didn't smoke that many cigars. Uh, that, so, okay, not five. No. Four? Be just, listen, you got to be realistic about, about that. One. Well, obviously, I wake up. Two. And I, well, yeah, after you have one. Three. Have, the point isn't how many We're, cigars yeah, you yeah, have. What, 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 three? It's quality, not quantity, Jimmy. That's, that's what so I'm saying. So three. <laughs> it's been, I think it was, yeah, it's been three. <laughs> I'm actually going to say that's yeah. uh, less than normal. Yeah, but then after this, you know. You're going to smoke one after this? Well, yeah. I got to relax. I've been working and smoking. That's, oh, that's one thing. So at not, home at night after all the kids are in bed, then I'll, I'll relax and have a cigar. So, you, Which is what? Just watching a movie on your computer? Yeah, I'm too tired to be reading at that point. Ah, man. Uh, I, I've been reading some great books. Yeah. I, I, I just, uh, yeah, I, I can't, I can't wait for, um, for me to share some of these books with, uh, with our small group leaders. Uh, mm. They're, they're going to really love them. So yeah, reading, reading good books, so tasks, uh, accomplished, um, reading, uh, finishing, finishing another book, uh, good, working good. on some admin, uh, having some meetings. I yeah. Meetings today. Uh, you know, people joining the church, uh, so helping some people through some, uh, uh, helping a brother through some difficult questions that he's having about ministry and calling and things like that. Mm. That's been a good day. How about you? Yeah, just busy work. Mm-hmm. That was about it. That's it. Just that was up, that's the extent up, of my day. Run and then you get here. Uh, your hair is a mess, dude. What? I'm just saying, like your <sighs> hair. It looks like you've been working hard. Oh, yeah, I know it's a little flat right now, yeah, it's, but it's all like it's, like a, it's stringy and jacked. It looks you, like it you've been not. under the car, like wrenching. That's what no, it looks like. No, yeah, no, no, no. That's, that's too far. That's not, too far. That's what it looks that like. That is too far. You, can you need to apologize. It, but I'm not. Why you would need I to apologize for, for that. No, no. You need to apologize for you. I love your hair. I think no, your hair is awesome. You're bearing false witness. I'm not bearing false witness. Yes, you are. You know my hair is glorious. It is glorious, but you know, for for your hair, it doesn't look very good right now. For you, it look. I would take it. You should be. You know. Taking better care of it, that's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I'm not happy with you right now. Uh, you know, I feel like it's a good thing is, we're not on video yet. Yeah, I feel like this is a joke. I, I, this is just a joke trying to get under my skin because nope. you know I can't prove it right now because I don't have a mirror to look. Yeah, you wouldn't want to look. Th- that's I'm not. You. I looked before I came. Yeah, yeah, like it, yeah, it's different now. Hey, um, speaking of video, mm. we're getting close. Getting close. We're getting close. Getting close. Getting some. Trying to get some space together, and you know, we got some uh, got some new equipment. So yeah, it's it's coming along, guys. I know you're asking for for like, can we get these in video format? Mm-hmm. That is the plan. We're working on it. So stay tuned. Perfect. So, Joe, what are we going to talk about today? We're back on the doctrine of the church, ecclesiology, 1689. We're in uh, chapter 26 of the confession, but we're looking at paragraph four today, which is all about the head of the church and the fake head of the church. Oh, there we go. Okay, so let me go ahead and read this. 
26.4, the Lord Jesus Christ is the head of the church in whom, by the appointment of the Father, all power for the calling, institution, order, or government of the church is invested in a supreme and sovereign manner. Neither can the Pope of oh, Rome, yeah. oh, in any sense, be head thereof, but is that Antichrist, oh, snap. that man of sin, and son of perdition, that exalts himself in the church against Christ, and all that is called God, whom the Lord shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. <laughs> Shine bright like a diamond. Yeah, he will. Uh, and uh, the, listen, it, it's interesting because the, the Reformed tradition, uh, you know, the Reformers and, and on uh, have long identified the Pope as the Antichrist. We're going to talk about it. We're going to get into all yeah, of that. Yeah. Let you know what, what we think, what our take is. Uh, but it starts off with uh, this very clear statement that Jesus is the head of the church. Now, Jimmy... Mm. It seems like an obvious thing, like Jesus is the head of the church. We read that in Scripture. Yeah. Um, what are some passages that come to mind? There's two big ones that I know that people... Well, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and go with the uh, one of the easier ones, mm. you know, Matthew 28. Uh, yeah. uh, and Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So that all authority mm-hmm. in heaven and on earth has How do you been get given that? How do you to get me. It? Who gave it to him? The, the Father gave that's it to right. him. That's right. That's what the confession says because that's what Matthew says. It's called the Great Commission, man. Mm. I like that passage. That's a great passage. Also, Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 18, saying that Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together, and he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. Head of the church. Jesus is Lord of the church. Mm. You know, people will say, I remember in our network, uh, there were a few of the larger uh, original founding Marcel, oh, I didn't say Marcel. Uh, Marcel. Yeah, I, I like how you didn't want to say it. You wouldn't, like didn't want to give him credit, huh? I don't. I don't. Well, I actually could because it always kind of annoyed me because they would say, Jesus is our senior pastor here. We don't have a senior pastor because Jesus is our senior mm. pastor. Okay, but you're, you're the lead pastor. Same thing. You, you just use a different word. You're lead pastor, mm-hmm. senior pastor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. But but the point ultimately is good, right? That um, that Jesus is the Lord of a church. He has supreme authority. It was given to him by the Father. And so he has, the confession says, all power for the calling, institution, order, or government of the church. No one else occupies that place yeah so how do we think about our pastors like because we have pastors we have shepherds um they have some sort of authority in the church yeah. how do we understand them in light of jesus being the head well you know jesus being our, our senior pastor right <laughs> thanks uh, we would be no i mean look at ourselves as under shepherds yeah yeah that's i i think that's just the the safest way to say it right we we should, as pastors, reflect the chief shepherd, yeah. but always pointing to him, recognizing his authority, recognizing his rule over all of it. Now, the Roman Catholic Church considers the Pope the earthly head of the church, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And so the confession gets into this. We start to talk about the Pope as the Antichrist, right? And so Ooh. it makes a statement, Jesus is the head of the church, but neither can the Pope of Rome in any sense be the head thereof. Um, but he is the Antichrist, the man of sin and the son of perdition that exalts himself in the church against Christ. Okay, so when we're talking about Antichrist, there are different 
convictions. Yeah, and different thoughts, different opinions. Conclusions, right? Now, listen, people, people don't, people don't want to go hard at this one because well, because okay. there had been a time when everyone was, you know, you went against the church, you went, you're dancing. Yeah. Antichrist. Yeah, right. So, and, and it's interesting because if you start to read, I know, I think Thomas Kidd has written some stuff on this and it's been a while, but Thomas Kidd has written some, he's a church historian, written some stuff on, on the history of the modern conceptions of the Antichrist, mm. kind of tracing it through uh, modern church history. Um, so yeah, but let's just give people the benefit of the doubt to say that you can study the Bible, take it very seriously, believe it is the very word of God, fully inspired and errant and all of that, and come to different conclusions about what the Antichrist is mm-hmm. or isn't, because we don't have tons of information. Yeah. I mean, where do we go in Scripture to find uh, passages that talk about Antichrist? I mean, there's there's, there's two there's tons places. of pa- – oh, two. Tons. Two. 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 And, and, and John. John, John <laughs> first, is, first John and second John. John's a fundamentalist. Oh, Obviously, he's talking he, about Antichrist all the that, time. Yeah. You must have been dancing back then. First John 2, 18. Children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. Okay, so the last hour, meaning the end of days. End the, of days, right? yep. So we're in the, the final days, and one of the ways we know this is... Thousand-year reign. <laughs> yes, yes, playing that uh, millennial card that we love so much. <laughs> um, so he says that we know it's the, it's, uh, it's the last hour or the end of days because... Um, many antichrists have come. Like yeah, you've not, heard of the antichrist just, yeah. is coming, but they have come. Yeah. So uh, the idea that it's that there's not just one. Yeah. One antichrist, maybe, maybe, but there's going to be many. And it doesn't even say here, it is the last hour and you have heard that the Antichrist is coming. Yeah. It just says Antichrist is coming. Yeah. So some are arguing that, well, no, it's there's not one. It is a spirit of Antichrist that is present. It's a present reality. Mm-hmm. It'll always be present. It'll be worse in the end. But then there are others that are saying, well, no, no, no. The, the argument is that one is coming. And until then, we have all of these other Antichrists that are sort of teasing his yeah. arrival. Yeah. Uh, First John also, chapter 2, verse 22, so you just scroll down a little bit, saying, uh, who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father Father and and the the Son. So here we're seeing that whatever Antichrist is, it is very much a theological uh, false teaching, right? It's false doctrine. It's heresy. It's not just that they have power. It's not just that that there's persecution, though we're going to see that that's part of it, but that they're fundamentally teaching religious doctrines, the theology that is denying the person and the work of Jesus. So when it says that the uh, the Antichrist denies the Father and the Son, this doesn't mean that he doesn't be, uh, confess a trinity. It doesn't mean that he doesn't confess that God the Father sent the Son to die for our sins, but it's how those doctrines are articulated, unpacked, and applied. Mm. So this could go in a lot of different ways, but it comes down to theology proper, Christology. It comes down to gospel, fundamentally gospel truths that are being corrupted by Antichrist. First uh, John 4, uh, by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of Antichrist which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. So just like Joe said, there's a theological argument here, uh, a, Christ, a Christology here, the doctrines uh, that, that we need to uh, uh, hold onto tightly. Right. Uh, otherwise spirit of antichrist. And that's for me, like this is really big. Like what do people say 
about Jesus. Yeah. Like, what did he do? What didn't he do? What did he accomplish? And so these are things we want to pay attention to. Um, also, what, Second John? Second John 7. 7, right? For many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh. Such a one is the deceiver and the antichrist. So again, Christology, just like you were saying, Jimmy, um, here they're talking about the incarnation being something that's corrupted. So you can see there are multiple ways in which antichrist teaches false doctrines, uh, but it's always going to hit around Christ and the gospel, mm. uh, at least most often. And one of the key things here to keep in mind is that however we understand antichrist, the idea of deception is is paramount. Like they're seeking to lead people, lead uh, people outside of the church, but also people inside of the church away from the truth that we confess, that we believe. It's something intentional. Yes, yes. It's they, an intentional deception. Right, right. They're not just they're they're not just erring brothers and sisters. They're not just dumb. Yeah. <laughs> they're not just wrong, but yeah, deception is, I think, key. So we get to this this kind of thing about you know, the Antichrist and, and many Antichrists. So we, I don't know about you, Jimmy, because we haven't really talked much about Antichrist. Mm. Um, I, I, I tend to think, and I, I could be wrong, but I tend to think that there is one Antichrist who will appear eventually. Yeah. Do you, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's here. Oh, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> don't. <laughs> What? Don't. What? I know what you're going to say. What, what am I going to say? Even though you're on his mailing list. What? I, know yeah, I was going to say Trump. <laughs> I was going to say Trump. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm in the same boat. So, um, yeah, we, we, I, that's, I'm convinced of that. And because there are, these are the past, these are the only passages in scripture that say antichrist. Um, but there are other passages that reference the, um, the, the, the man of sin. Yeah. And so you can look at Thessalonians, you can look at old Testament passages. So there are some passages that seem to suggest or revelation. You talk about the beast. Um, there are other passages that seem to say something about these end times and that there will be one yeah. who will appear. There was, um, there's an article over at, uh, RTS reformed theological seminaries website by Dr. Benjamin glad. Mm, he's a happy man. Uh, but it's spelled <laughs> with, with two D's. Well, yeah, that's, that's a, yeah, never mind. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. It's just awkward. So anyways, Benjamin Glad uh, seems like a, a good guy. Definitely wrote a good article here. He says this, what does the Antichrist do? He deceives and he persecutes. He's here already. His spirit sounds bizarre, but his influence extends right now into the present. It began in the first century and extends right now through a group of false teachers who are infiltrating the church. Either they have infiltrated churches or they are knocking on the door. They are right there. They will then culminate in the bodily figure of the Antichrist. Ooh, culminate. So, so, Jimmy. It's like it's like a super. You know what I mean? It's like a super what? Like super Antichrist. Like you think of Power Power Rangers? Mm-hmm. You yep. know, like they had all like there was all these other ones. Who's your they, who's your favorite Power Ranger? Who is my favorite? Yeah, what color? What color? Yeah. Yeah, you know. No. No, I don't want, I'm not going to share. You, 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 did you watch Power Rangers? Yes, I did. That, I, was, that was after I was growing yeah, up. Yeah, no, so. I, I don't want to share. I don't want to share. I feel like I feel like Michelle's told you. Otherwise, you wouldn't be asking me. Uh, she has not told me. Maybe uh, we should call Greg and Allison. Maybe she's told them since you guys are so close. No, to they, the actually, they do know. Yeah, see, I figured. <laughs> um, so what what, this, what the Antichrist? Okay, Jimmy. Is the Pope the, is, is the, Pope oh. the Antichrist? Is the 1689 that says that the Pope is the Antichrist? Do you – are they right? Do you affirm it? Do you believe it? Or do you have another exception? You're just making exceptions all over the yeah. place. Like, <laughs> all willy-nilly? Willy, willy-nilly. We described the, where that comes from. Uh, listeners of the podcast know the origin of willy-nilly. The real origin of willy-nilly. So, Jimmy, what's the hmm. answer? Is the Pope the Antichrist? Well, you know, I, 
I think we need to study more on this. Oh, you take a little break and consider it. Well, I think we just need to study more on how this. Are gonna, how are you going to study? What, what, all we have is the Bible. We just, well, we well, but we have not just any Bible. We have the New American Standard. Oh yeah. You know, it's been mm-hmm. long recognized the gold standard among word for word translations. Why not platinum standard? What? <laughs> I'm just wondering. <laughs> no, why not platinum? Eh, platinum. They, but they're the gold standard. Okay. And so Zondervan's continuing its long-standing relationship with the Lockman Foundation mm-hmm. and publishing the New American Standard Bible. Great translation. We love it. You know, this month Zondervan is publishing these new, beautiful NASB, the 1995 text uh, of, of their different kinds of Bibles. They have all kinds. And, and so you can go to the website and see. But actually, um, this month, uh, what, they're, what they want to be promoting here as our sponsor is the NASB Preacher's Bible. Oh, how do you like like that one? No, I didn't get, they didn't give me the Preacher's Bible. You got the Preacher's one. Oh no, I did get the Preacher's one. Yeah, I liked it. Here's the thing. I like a single column. Is it because you kept trying to steal mine, my single column reference one? Yours too big. I can't I hold love, up. It's I too love big it. for it's, my little, it's my fantastic. Little anyway, so Preaching Bible preaching though. About what I, okay, so first of all, it's beautifully bound. Mm-hmm. The, it's just that buttery goat skin leather. Now, um, buttery. I like sing, I like single column for reading. Yes. But for preaching, I like double column because I've got to scan down, find those verses quick, pop back up. I'm mm-hmm. going verse by verse, very expository mm-hmm. style. And so that's what it is. I love it. Now, um, that preacher's Bible, uh, it's got it's featuring that new text, that comfort print typeface that they've designed just for these Bibles. Yeah. Um, so TM. It's, it's it's very too too much. Trademark. Tra- sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See? Well, listen, um, Here's the cool thing about it. The Preacher's Bible matches page for page with the NASB Pew Bible, the NASB oh, Worship Bible. So if you use that NASB, is really, genius, really right? good. Yeah. How often? Because like we, our pages don't match. And no, no. So, up, I I, yeah, so I got to write it down in my notes what page number mm-hmm. the, 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 yeah. If people are using the Pew, turn to this page because a lot of these people, they're not as familiar with the scripture. Yeah. Maybe they're new Christians. Maybe they're non-Christians. What are they? Yeah, so, so you want to help people out, say, hey, turn to this page or open up your app. That's genius. So you use the Preacher's Bible because it's awesome. And if yeah. you use the Pew Bible, Everything's lined That's up. really good, really good. Love it. Listen, if you want, good more, thinking. Infor- if you want more information on this, go um, to nasb1995.com. You go there, you get all the information about the comfort print. You can see samples and all the Bibles that are coming out this month. We love Zondervan and we love NASB. Thanks for sponsoring the podcast because, um, and not just because we got like some awesome Bibles, but because we actually believe in the value of the yeah. NASB translation. Yep. Like it's, uh, it's awesome. So, you know, like some of the other translations, we would just be like, not interested, but the NASB. Oh yeah. Yeah. We down. Yep. All right, Jimmy, mm. did you have enough time? I did have enough time. Okay, so is the Pope not Antichrist is he mm. the Antichrist? Well, I mean, you know, uh, does he set himself up? Does he, mm. does the church uh, do they? Does he declare himself as the head of the church? Mm, that's a good question. Mm. I think the answer is yes. Oh, I do. Now, are, are we talking about the papal supremacy teaches that the Pope is the head yeah, of the church? It's, it's papal. Yeah. Papal. No, papal. <laughs> no, it's papal. I, no, no, papal. Pa- papal. Papal. Um, yeah, because Pew. I don't know. I've never read. Now, Jimmy, you were Roman Catholic, at least were raised Roman Catholic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, but in my reading, I have not seen like, you know, official dogma, you know, documents, uh, Vatican Council. I don't, I don't remember. It says he's the head of the church, but they do talk about papal supremacy. Yes. Yep. Yep. So in the first Vatican Council, here's part is a whole lot. The Catholics are wordy. Mm. They like the, they're like like Puritans. No, no, that that is not. (laughs) Those were word smiths. Oh, okay. (laughs) So, um, first Vatican Council says, um, and since by the divine right of apostolic primacy, the Roman pontiff is placed over the universal church. 
we further teach and declare that he is the supreme judge of the faithful, and that in all causes, the decision of which belongs to the church, recourse may be had to his tribunal, and that none may reopen the judgment of the apostolic see, oh. than whose authority is no greater, nor can any lawfully review its judgment. Oh, that's, that, that sets yourself up. That's a little tiny portion. There's a whole lot of this stuff. There's, there's some infallibility there. Yeah, papal infallibility, he's speaking ex cathedra, he's got... So yeah, I, I think the, Jimmy and I would say um, because the Pope attempts to take a position that can only belong to Jesus, yep, um, and because the official Roman Catholic dogma, this does not mean every Catholic person, yep. every Roman Catholic parishioner, but because official Roman Catholic dogma does contradict the gospel itself, uh, at the very least, I think to be Orthodox Protestant, you'd have to say the Pope is an Antichrist, yep. but he does seem to fit the bill for the Antichrist is you start to look at some of the things that would be said about an individual that wields power and authority, um, who rules. Uh, yeah, he, based on his claim and what we see, it's, I, if I have to say, mm-hmm. if I, as I'm not like, I don't think it's super clear. Yeah. But if I have to say, I'm picking Pope. Yeah, even, even Francis? Chan? No, Pope. Oh, oh. Joe, in the yeah. context of what we're speaking right now. I don't do context. Jimmy. In the context of what we're talking about right yeah. now, you couldn't put two and two together that yeah, I'm talking about Pope Francis. Okay, well, listen, did Francis Chan say some weird stuff? Okay, though? but come on now. Come on now. Where, where would I jump to that? I think Francis that? Chan might be the Antichrist. <laughs> where would I have jumped to that? Okay, that was me. Yeah, okay. okay I just want to make sure was, you do this often. Okay. It's yeah. like there's context and you, you skip the context. I'm sorry. And then com- I'm afflicted and then, and then with ADD. Com- I'm and then sorry, Jimmy. To that not know I, I, what is going on, all over and that the, the rest of You're us not should have been a lot more, hardships. you know. You know, I was on Ritalin for a long time. Okay, so was everybody. Yeah. Everyone no, was on Ritalin. They, 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 they were, they were no, giving they them out like Skittles, no, and no, you know no, it. I was giving them out like Skittles, yeah, but they, uh, no, no, they were giving them out like Skittles. I was on Ritalin for a long time. You Skittles, sensitive. No, I'm not going to just stop it. No, but, okay, so the reality is, as Christians, right, who are members of these local churches, and of course we're members of the Church Universal, the reality of Antichrist is a problem. Right, uh, false teaching, deception. Yeah. How do we fight Antichrist? I mean, what is the church's response, and what is our response as as followers of Christ, even individually? How do we push back, fight against the spirit of Antichrist? Yeah. Read about in First and Second John. Yeah, I mean the gospel, right? The the truth of who God is, what He has mm-hmm. done. Uh, I think not just like we want to be proclaiming it to the lost world, but we also mm-hmm. need to be reminded of it within the church, right? Yeah. Reminded of who Jesus is, uh, what he has accomplished for us, uh, and what he is doing through us. So yeah, we could like probably summarize all of that just to say, you got to hold fast to sound doctrine, right? Like yeah. take theology seriously. You cannot fight antichrist if you don't know the truth. So like you said, you got to know the gospel. You mm. need to know, you know, ecclesiology, obviously, because we're talking about who's the head of the church. Yeah, 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 so yeah. we're, we're like this really does uh, bear a lot of relevance um, on how we respond to specific individuals, false teachers, and whatnot. But to hold fast to good theology and, and fight the Antichrist requires some things of us specifically, right? Like you said, you yeah. have to value it. You gotta, you gotta, yep. But you, I think fundamentally we could say also that you've got to be a Bible man or a mm. Bible woman. Like you have to be yeah. the person who is on it, in it, has it in your heart because – that's the truth. It's the truth that changes us. It's the truth that changes others. There is no hope of us persevering in the faith um, to the end apart from the work of God through the ministry of the word. Mm. And a part of that perseverance is to fight against the attacks, the temptations, the persecutions that come. So I think that's good, man, yeah. holding fast to sound doctrine. And I guess along with that, then, we want to be calling out false 
teaching oh, as go. well as the teachers. Discernment right? blogger. No, no, that's not what we're talking about, okay. right? That, that means you got to – there needs to be conviction, right? Mm-hmm. Like you need to be uh, – right. you need to be uh, someone that, that takes courage to stand uh, for what the word of God says. Yeah. Despite yeah. our culture, despite what see, what tickles people's ears. Yeah, because I think if you don't there, – there's this – there's this idea, right? I guess it's a pluralistic mentality that, well, you know, we can all have our own take on the Bible. Like you have your interpretation of my interpretation. Mm, you, well, you do you, boo-boo. Yeah, they're all equally valid, right? That's, that's kind of the spirit. That's what people age. say, yeah. And, um, but really, it, they can't be. We can, you can be right and I can be wrong or we can both be wrong, but we can't both be right if we have contradictory uh, definitions, ideas, or interpretations yeah, yep. of specific passages. So I like what you're saying. Conviction and courage means like you – you have such a you have such a high value of God and His Word of who He is and knowing Him and making Him known that you are willing to call out false teachers when they are there. Now, again, we're not just talking about a person who gets it wrong or an erring brother. That's there's a lot of room there for discussion, yeah, and debate. Yeah. But what we're talking about here is not just discussion um, and not just debate, but really dismissing someone as a heretic to say like they yep. are not. They are leading people away from the truth that saves. And so well, why, why would this take courage? Why would it take courage to, to speak out against false teachers if, um, if you already like, believe this and you know it? Like, what's, what's, the, what's the risk? Well, the risk is the, the backlash, right? People coming at you. Um, you see it even online. As people take stands, uh, they, they get ridiculed, right? They get mocked. Um, but then also in the midst of that, there's there's still even the potential of persecution. Yeah. Uh, maybe for most of us, um, it's not as uh, – well, comparatively, it, there's nothing here, right? Yeah. Compared yeah. to other countries where people are persecuted unto death, they lose their homes, they lose their lives, uh, they can lose their families. But yeah, that is something that is – real. I mean, it's, it's called the tribulation, right, in, in Revelation, that it's a present reality. It's not just a future problem that it, you know Revelation was written to people – who are experiencing tribulation. And so persecution, I think, is a legit reality that we need to be prepared for if people aren't already in it. Although, you know, I, I obviously, I think when you're looking at what's happening even in our country, uh, I think we can all see persecution is on the way. Yeah. Because yeah. just our, the, 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 the morality that we hold to is is disgusting to them and the the doctrines are as well but it's almost more forgivable the doctrines it's the biblical morality yeah that we hold to and that we you know call people to um not as a means of salvation but as to say listen it's 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 wrong to take the life of of an innocent person right so so abortion is wrong abortion isn't wrong because we're, we're conservatives uh, abortion isn't wrong because of a um sort of a a, a cultural collective idea that we all hold because we're a part of this group. Um, we think abortion is murder because it is the taking of a human life and it is, you know, an innocent person. So yeah, we're the, the scripture gives us this perspective of humanity of people in the womb. And so we take that position. That is an outrage to like 50% of our country. So and we've even seen this. I mean, you and I are nowhere near being a Democrat. Um, we're conservative. We vote conservatively, yeah. and, um, and we always have. We vote on these issues, but uh, but even like there are many Democrats who would at least say that they are personally very pro-life. Yeah, and you can hear in the current um, 
you know, presidential yeah. primaries, right? That uh, some of these, some of these. In fact, I think at this point, all of the the leaders that are in the the primaries among the Democrats are saying like, "Now nah, there's really no room for you if you're pro life to be." Uh, I think Bernie uh, specifically said that. Oh, on, yeah, yeah, yeah. A few of them have now, and Buttigieg uh, as well. Um, but they're boot at edge. Yeah, Buttigieg. Yeah. Edge, edge. Yeah. So Buttigieg, all those guys. It's like they're, and, and that's. I don't hear a lot of outcry about that, mm-hmm. even among the Democrats. So I think this is coming, uh, persecution uh, increasing. And I would say that um, if we're going to fight Antichrist, if we're going to fight false doctrine and people that want to split up the church with all of this, we should be pursuing unity yeah. in the true church. Like we should lock arms w- when we can with Orthodox believers, right? So, I mean, in, in a social civil sense, you can lock arms with all kinds of people for all kinds of purposes. But as Christians, we should be very clear about those are brothers and sisters with me in Christ. And even though maybe they are of a different tribe, maybe they're PCA and we're SBC or that, that those people belong to ARBCA or those people are um, what uh, evangelical free like whatever mm-hmm, right? we should mm-hmm. be able to look at each other and say even though we have disagreements on secondary issues and, and important issues we are brothers and sisters in Christ so let's have as much unity as we can as we're pushing back against the spirit of Antichrist which is not just coming but is already here well we'd love to hear your thoughts uh, you can follow us online on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Diva or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion you can head to the website, drvotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast. or hit up the store, joefostore.com, and grab some gear. Fresh pod every Monday and Thursday. Blog post on Wednesdays. Later. Later.